Welcome to the Rockbrook Church Podcast. Our hope is that today's message brings you hope and clarity for your spiritual journey. We love hearing how God is working in your life. Feel free to share any stories of how this message gave you a new perspective and hope. Email us at church at rockbrook.org to tell your story. I hope you're enjoying the summer in the Psalms. Pastor Kelly's last two weeks on discouragement and then God's care were so powerful, so great. Today we're talking about what kills our joy and how God restores it to us. Uh, this message is titled Kill Joy uh, because uh, Jesus says we often get it wrong actually about who the kill joy is and where the kill joys come in our life. I hope you're enjoying this beautiful summer we're having. Maybe you've been on some kind of trip or road trip or something. We went on a road trip a couple of weeks ago and our four-year-old was so excited to pack. We just, we made the mistake of telling him weeks before the trip instead of like the day before. So by the time we got to the suitcases, they were already full of stuffed animals and toys and utensils and stuff from the fridge I'd been looking for and there's all these different things. So we gave him one bag, said, buddy, you can pack anything you want in this one, one bag. And uh, he put these big head like over the ear ear protection headphones in there and they were taking up a bunch of space said dude you're never going to need these like you can leave these behind he says no I want to bring them I said there's not one instance where you're going to need these things you can you can leave these behind he insisted he wanted to bring these things so we get down the road a couple of hours his two-year-old brother starts crying and screaming I look back and the four-year-old's got the headphones on and he just mouths to me told you One of the things that I love uh, clearing up about faith, I'll put it this way, one of the things people don't understand about God is, and certainly that they don't think they're going to experience in church, is uh, where is the joy? Like many people think that life with God, they think church is supposed to be endured. Like you get more heaven points if you have to hang in there, you know, that the, the longer it is, the harder it is, the, the, the more painful it is. And they think, well, maybe if it's painful enough uh, that there's like some payment for that or I'll get, it'll count for something. But Jesus has come to give us joy, even though the circumstances are not joyful. And we've talked about joy many, many times in our church, but today I want to come at it from one of the essential choices that we've got to make. You know, people wonder, where is the joy? Too many godly people, church people, no idea where the joy is. I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. See, that's the problem. Where? What is it? Where is it? And this is an essential choice for joy that we have to make in our life, and that is the choice of purity. For a lot of us, the reason we have no joy is we're just carrying around too much that we were not meant to carry in our life. Uh, Carrying our sin, carrying our shame, we're feeling it. We're sweating trying to conceal our sin. We've got something we're trying to keep from uh, our spouse, something we're trying to keep from our parents, something we're trying to keep from our boss, and we're hoping that they don't find out, and it's to the point where every time the phone rings or you're called into the office or something, you're wondering, is this the time where I'm fully known? Is this the time where I get found out? And a nervous life is exactly the kind of life the enemy wants for you. In fact, in John 10, chapter 10, verse 10, 
uh, Jesus said a lot of people have it wrong. In fact, the devil has lied to you. Jesus' favorite term for the devil is a thief because he steals something from us and then he lies to us about it. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy, Jesus says. The people have it backwards. Many people think if I become a Christian, uh, God's a taker and he's going to take my fun and he's going to take my boat and he's going to take my house and he's going to take my truck and he's going to take my TV and he's going to take, 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 take. And Jesus says it's a lie. The devil's a taker. God is an adder. I have come that they may have life and have a life that they never would have experienced without God in it. Life to the full. God says you haven't even experienced life until you've experienced it with Christ. And some grow up thinking that if they'll follow Christ, they're going to be dumbed down to a level of boredom with God. And they'll say, well, I'll hopefully get to heaven, but it's not going to be any fun on the way, and I don't think it's any fun there. So he keeps you pursuing, the devil keeps you pursuing something different than what God has for you. And some of us get then caught in a tension of living a double life. It's hard work to maintain your sin without doing something with it to where, I mean, I'm convinced, convinced the most miserable people on the planet are the ones that are convinced that there is a God in heaven, but they just play games with it all. The greatest experience, though, of Christianity is the feeling of relief. It's the feeling that the psalmists describe. And the passages of Scripture we're going to study today and look at today uh, come from a, a group of psalms, a type of psalm called a penitential psalm, where the writer is expressing the joy of forgiveness that they found after they confessed their sin to God, a penitential psalm. God has forgiven them for a sin that they've committed. And, and I want that for you too, what, what we see here, just the joy, the release, the relief that comes from God because sin takes too much from us. It's a killjoy. In fact, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Uh, what happens is uh, sin is steals our joy. In fact, if you're taking notes, write that in. Sin steals our joy. It literally robs us of our joy. And I'm not talking about the fake emotions of happiness. I'm talking about something that we're searching for that can be so strong on the inside that's beyond our circumstances. Psalm 32, 1 through 11 says, Oh, what joy for those whose disobedience is forgiven, whose sin is put out of sight. Yes, what joy for those whose record the Lord has cleared of guilt whose lives are lived, and look at this, not in complete perfection, but in complete honesty, meaning I'm not hiding anything. Of course you're happy when you've got nothing to hide. You're not worried about getting caught. It's a life of integrity, and that doesn't mean that I don't sin. That doesn't mean I don't have a struggle. That doesn't mean I don't have a problem, but I stand before you. I am who I am, completely honest. There's not something that Man, I'm dreading for you to find out. There's not something that's unknown in the relationship that, that I'm sweating, that I'm nervous about. Man, cleared of guilt, complete honesty. Then in verse 3, he says, when I refused to live in complete honesty, when I refused to confess my sin, 
My body wasted away. I just groaned all day long. Have you ever been there where it's just groaning all day long? Day and night, your hand of discipline was heavy on me. I didn't have any creativity. I didn't have any life. I didn't have any energy. My strength evaporated like water in the summer heat. But look at the result of all this. Then I said, my goodness, I've had enough. He goes on in verse 5. Finally, I confessed all my sins to you, and I stopped trying to hide my guilt. I said to myself, I will confess my rebellion to the Lord, and you forgave me. All my guilt is gone now. Therefore, let all the godly pray to you while there's still time, that they may not drown in the floodwaters of judgment. For you are my hiding place. You protect me from trouble. You surround me with songs of victory. The Lord says, I will guide you along the best pathway for your life. I will advise you and watch over you. Do not be like a senseless horse or mule that needs a bit and bridle to keep it under control. Many sorrows come to the wicked, but unfailing love surrounds those who trust the Lord. Wow, I love that, that God, I had no idea your love was unfailing. You loved me that unconditionally. So rejoice, goes on in verse 11, rejoice, rejoice in the Lord and be glad all of you who obey him. Who does that? Someone whose heart is pure. I'm I'm completely serious today. Some of you, you could have written this psalm, couldn't you? (laughs) Like, man, my energy wasted away. I just groaned all day long. But now I have experienced the unfailing love of God. I stand completely honest before God. And now it shouts and songs of victory and you can have a joy and a celebration and a sing and a shout because you don't have any weight on you do you know what it's like to not have any weight on you what robbed you of your joy it's sin who gives joy it's God it goes on number two sin uh, kills our lives it not only pollutes you it pollutes others around you it'll start impacting job and school and marriage and parents and It'll impact your life and others' lives. It'll impact, I mean, if you keep your sin, it'll place you on slippery ground. Psalm 73 talks about the slippery ground. Surely you place them on slippery ground. You cast them down to ruin. How suddenly they are destroyed, completely swept away by terrors. And God has been trying to get your attention. Your ground has become slippery. It's God's getting your attention. It's time for you to offload. It's time for you to not carry that thing anymore. And here's the last thing, and you may not have thought of this one, but sin, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Sin destroys our identity. Not only does sin create slippery ground, and not only does it suck the life and joy out of you, but here's how David said it in Psalm 38, another one of these penitentiary Psalms, Psalm 38, 4, and 6. 
My guilt has overwhelmed me like a burden too heavy to bear. And I'm bowed down and brought low. It's just affecting everything about who he is. It's affecting his identity because God did not create David to be brought low. For some people here today, you're living a version of yourself that's different than the one that God sees in you, and you've actually taken on the identity of what you continually do. As a pastor, I hear this all the time when people talk about their struggles. They'll say, well, my, my dad did that, and uh, his dad did that, and uh, I'm pretty sure his dad did that too, and so it's just, what, it's just, it's just who we are. And I guess it's going to keep being that way, but I, I know what you did, God says, but that's not who you are. What you did is not who you are, and you don't have to take on that identity. And you'll know when it happens because it starts taking your life from you. And, and to summarize all of this so far, what we've talked about is I would say this, is you cannot be guilty and happy at the same time. Like when David talks about his guilt being free, that that's when he could rejoice. That's when there's a shout of joy. So what do we do? Well, I want to show you what King David did. This is another a penitential psalm. This is one of the most famous repentance chapters in all of the Bible. It's a song that David wrote after sinning and then carrying his sin unconfessed. So he had a major failure in his life and then he left it concealed, didn't deal with it until uh, finally someone else had to address it with him. And then it prompted David to finally seek God for forgiveness. And we see what comes out of it. But he said you need to do four things. He prayed to God four things. For God to restore his joy and restore his life, he asked God to do four things in his life. He says, wash me, cleanse me, create in me, and then restore to me. In Psalm 51, verse 2, he says, wash away all my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin wash me wash my sin so what do I do each day I need to make a choice for God to wash me to wash this away that God I wash away what the world has done to me God I wash away what the thief has done to me and what the thief is trying to do to me and I'm making a decision to serve and follow you I want to give you four choices number one daily choose to put to death my old sin nature now this is something that the Bible talks a lot about we talk about it in church too uh, this is not necessarily a salvation moment that it's talking about this is a moment Christians learn how to practice. That if you're going to have joy, if you're going to live guilt-free, uh, you've got to daily choose to recognize that my flesh man, my natural man, has some tendencies. Tendencies of impatience. Tendencies of frustration. Tendencies of anger. Tendencies of addiction. And you have to put them to death what you know is going to be a tendency. I'm very serious about this. In fact, we have a motto around here that's built around this idea. It's pray first. Pray first. In fact, we've, you see some people wearing this wristband. You can pick one up today at the info table. It says pray first. The idea is uh, don't pray after you sent the email. Like pray before you send it. Uh, don't pray after the meeting. Maybe pray before you go into the meeting. 
Uh, don't pray after the project, pray before the project. Like pray first, put God first, put to death the old sin nature. This is how you live a life of joy. To say to God, God, uh, this is what I normally do. When I don't follow you, I follow my sin nature, my flesh, and here's where it tends to go. So in advance of that, I'm choosing to say yes to you. And we do it in big and small ways. Like the road trip we just went on, before we went on it, you would heard me pray, God, there's going to be other drivers today. And they're not interested in what I'm doing. And they don't have my timeline. And there's going to be people on this trip who, uh, they don't care about us and what we're up to. And so I could choose to be frustrated by them the whole time, and they could rob me of the joy, or I could choose to say yes to you and ask you for the margin in place to make that okay. You want me praying big stuff. Man, God, I'm about to go into a conversation with this person for whatever reason, it always turns into an argument, and so I'm just putting to death my sin nature, my flesh man, and I'm asking you for your guidance and your wisdom and I'm making a decision right now to put to death the thing in me, the tendency in me that causes this problem. It's a daily thing. You don't make the choice one time. Salvation is one time. God saves you. Your spirit's alive. Our sin nature, it's like a zombie. You bury it in some graveyard in the middle of the night. It comes back out. I'm alive. Uh, but it's not really alive. And it has no power over you. And you don't have to do uh, what it wants you to do. Romans 8 puts it this way. Therefore, dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. So you may have that urge still, but you're not obligated to that. For if you live by its dictates, uh, you will die. There's no life there. But... If through the power of the Spirit you put to death the deeds of your sinful nature, you will live. There is life there. There is joy there. I make a choice to not follow what I think I'm obligated to follow. David said, wash me. I can't keep following this. God, wash, wash this off of me. I can't, I can't keep following this. It's going to kill me. You daily choose to put to death your old sin nature. He said, wash me, but then there's another thing he says. We see it in Psalm 51, 7. He says, cleanse me. Cleanse me with hyssop and I will be clean. Wash me and I will be whiter than snow. So there's two different words he's using. He's saying, wash me. He's saying, cleanse me. There's two different things going on. Cleanse goes to another level. Washing is on the outside. Cleansing, that's on the inside. That God work on some of the stuff that I've been carrying for far too long. And that's why we need to, number two, daily release my past and take another step toward freedom. If you want real freedom, um, it's going to involve taking care of some things in the past. And God has a system of going to another level from wash me to cleanse me, a system where you're not marked by your addictions and attitudes, and he says you're going to need help. You're going to need help from another person. Let me show you this uh, in the message paraphrase, James 5, 16. It says, make this your common practice. Confess your sins to each other. Pray for each other so that you can live together whole and healed. The prayer of a person living right with God 
Someone who's confessed, someone who's praying for each other, the prayer of someone who's whole and healed, person living right with God is something powerful to be reckoned with. This is why, uh, friend, this is why I tell you small groups, celebrate recovery, it's so powerful because it's a place where you can get confident and confidential enough with at least one other person where you say, can I tell you what's really going on in my life? You've built a relationship where, friend, thank you for praying for my aunt. Thank you for praying for my health. Thank you for uh, walking through the situation with me. Now, can I tell you what's really keeping me from being whole and healed? Can I offload some of these things? And, and then it's a season of growth for you then because you're talking about real issues that you need growth in. Real issues that you need to be cleansed from that are keeping you from being whole and healed. And when you're carrying that stuff all on your own, it's a weight you groan all day long. It's a burden you're not meant to carry. The thief is stealing, killing, destroying your life. Jesus says, I've come that you could have life and have it to the full. I don't understand why this works the way it does. I don't. But I have seen hundreds of times that it does. It's, it's in scripture, it's God's word, and it works. And I couldn't tell you exactly why that is, but I can tell you it does work. It does work. Psalm 51.10, he goes on, he says, create in me, create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. It, it literally is, is, we take all the places where God has washed, where God has cleansed, that we've settled yesterday, and God gives you something to live for. Now God creates something in that space that something can happen, write this down in your notes, is what do I do? I, number three, daily pursue God's plan for my life. Where I say every day, God, I'm making a decision to live for you. I'm gonna follow your plan, not my plan. Show me what's keeping me from your plan. Today, I wanna be used by you. Not Ryland's plan today, your plan. Not culture's plan for me today, your plan. Not the world's plan for me today, your plan. Romans 12.2 tells us don't even copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you'll learn to know God's will for you, which is good, pleasing, and perfect. Man, there's so many times I live life or thinking, well, Ryland's plan for Ryland is good seems to be better than God's <laughs> and it's not <laughs> good grief never has been God's plan is good pleasing and perfect and this is why I encourage you um, so I encourage you to take the growth track get a vision for God's purposes what God's doing how God has shaped you and begin living a life where you're asking God for his plan in your life. I promise you on the other side of this is joy. God has created you and can create in you again. Pastor Kelly spoke last week on Psalm 139, God's care and attention. And he did about, at the end of the sermon, he did about a two-minute recap of the whole message. And I found that two minutes to be extremely powerful. Uh, and um, I took that and made that my daily declaration this week to declare God's plan over my life. And yesterday, or two days ago, I turned it into a video. I wanted to share it with you today. Let's watch this. How well does God know me? 
He knows every thought, every word, every deed. He knows you down to every gene, every chromosome, right down to every strand of your DNA. He knows your every thought before you think it, your every word before you speak it, your every deed before you do it, your every step before you take it. How close is God to me? There's no height you can ascend to that he isn't there. There's no depth you can descend to that he isn't there. You can't go fast enough or far enough to get away from him. No darkness can hide you from him. No matter where you go, he is already there before you. How carefully has God made you? He knit you together in your mother's womb. Every bone, every ligament, every muscle, every nerve, your heart, lungs, stomach, liver, kidneys, brain, even the hairs on your head, God wove you together like a tapestry made of variegated threads. God ordained the number and the order of your days, every day of your life, from the moment of conception to your last breath on earth throughout eternity. You are no accident. You are a masterpiece. You are a work of art designed and crafted by your Creator for a specific time and a specific purpose. How much will God protect you? God will build a hedge of protection around you. God will send His angels to be a guard over you. You will walk through the wilderness and not be harmed. You will walk through the fire and not be burned. The flood will sweep over you and you will not drown. God Himself sent His Son, Jesus Christ, to pay the debt of your sin. God has sent His Holy Spirit to dwell in you and guide you. And one day, God Himself will wipe away every tear. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. Now go live like it. Wash me, cleanse me, created me, and now he gets to a place, Psalm 51, 12, where restore to me, restore to me the joy of your salvation. And, and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Now don't miss this today. What is the joy of salvation? Grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. To do what? Then I will teach transgressors your ways so that sinners will turn back to you. He comes out of this place of this monumental sin and wreckage in his life. And what's God going to sustain him to do? What's the joy of his salvation now? To say, God, turn me back to him. God can turn you around too. Joy is not about you. The joy of your salvation is not about you. It's God, you have done such a work inside of me. Now my life can impact this person hurting over there, this transgressor over here, this person hurting over here. If you chase a feeling of joy for yourself, you're chasing your tail your entire life. It's not about you. It's the other people in your life. That's why number four, we daily live a life that impacts others. You'll never know the joy of salvation until you're doing something that impacts the life of others. And don't take my word for it. Ask someone serving in the sound booth today. Ask someone uh, leading us in worship this weekend. Ask someone who uh, serves on our Celebrate Recovery team. Ask someone serving in Rockbrook for Kids. Ask someone uh, who made coffee or greeted you today. Ask one of our first responders. Ask someone serving and leading our students. Because they know the best thing for their life is to be a part of something 
that's going to impact other people. So join us on a team or get back to serving on a team or serving in a new way. And let's do something that we can't do on our own. In fact, there's an opportunity right in front of us on our doorstep that I'd love for you to connect to. It's for everyone. Everyone, it's my favorite day of the year. That is Serve Day this Saturday. It honors God when we give our life to serve others. Say, here's my time. Serve Day impacts all different kinds of people in all different kinds of ways. And uh, there are small groups doing projects, different projects, which by the way, if your group's doing a project on Serve Day that you haven't told us about, you haven't registered it, uh, please do so. Um, Tell us what it is. There's also several projects that are just open to anyone to to join. This coming Saturday, we're meeting for a quick huddle at 7.45 a.m. here in here, and um, then we'll uh, disperse into our various groups and projects and, and go out and serve. This is an all skate. It's an all call. Let's all be a part of it. I'm talking to you. We just have a few days. If you've been waiting, Don't be tardy for the party, okay? You snooze, you lose. Let's go. Let's do this. I'm excited. You know, people's perceptions of God and people's perceptions of the church change when we serve. I'll give you an example of how perceptions are changed when we serve. You know, hundreds, in fact, I think it's thousands of churches across the nation do a serve day in July. I heard from another church who one of their serve projects one time was just to go out to various businesses and clean their bathroom. Like go to a gas station, a grocery store, a business, go in and clean their bathroom for them. And so one group is going around doing this and um, they showed up in one place and the person stopped them and says, whoa, what are you doing? Oh, we're gonna clean your bathroom. Are you from the health department? (laughs) Uh, No, I just wanna clean your bathroom for you. Why do you wanna clean my bathroom? Uh, because you don't like to. Well, that's right, I don't. Go on ahead. <laughs> and they said, so that group, that small group, went back once a month and cleaned that business's bathroom. And they said, it's amazing the conversations you can have when you're holding a toilet brush in your hand that you could not otherwise have. Because serving just changes people's perceptions of God and the church. It's like, I didn't want any favors from you. I didn't want you to do anything for me. I just wanted to do this for you. Why? Because you don't like to. And so I'll do it for you. And that's what a lot of our serve projects are. And you guys are very creative as well. And and I love it. Um, I wanted to highlight one thing, and that is this drive that we're doing. um, That uh, this is a great serving opportunity for everybody. Um, If you can... If you have time on that day, if you don't, if you've got another project or whatever, you can uh, still do this one. And this is the uh, 2021 Back to School Fair. And there's a list of different things. This is in your worship guide. It's on the info table as well, or at the serve day table, um, where we just do this shopping, pick up some of these items, drop them off in the east parking lot on serve day between 8.30 and 11. Or if you've got another serve project that day, you could leave it here after after the huddle. On the back of this, there's also a, a diaper and wipe drive that someone's put together. And so, come on church, let's, other people are stepping out to serve. Let's help their creativity. Let's help the, their doing. Let's help their thing be successful. Let's help them in this way. Last night I said, let's just blow this whole thing out, but it's for a diaper drive, so it came across <laughs> real funny. And, uh, <laughs> uh, but let's participate in this. This is an all skate. Let's go. Let's help in some way. Each one of us connected in some way will make a bigger difference than, than we knew we could. 
The psalm says, you make known to me the pathway of life. In the psalms today that we talked about, is the pathway. Wash me, cleanse me, create in me, restore to me. Here's the only problem with all of this. You never know until you take the step of the pathway. And my dream for you is not to just show up on Saturday or Sunday. My goal is that you get around here long enough to where you hear these messages long enough. You get around someone long enough that you can say, well, I'm tired of my sin and I'm going to give my life to Jesus. And I'm tired of dealing with my yesterdays all the time and dealing with these habits. And so I'm going to get in a group or I'm going to take this process, this pathway of celebrate recovery, and I'm going to work on some freedom. And I'm tired of living a life that's less than what God intended for me. And I'm tired of the killjoys And I want to discover what God is up to and plug into his purpose and his mission on earth. And so I can put my head down at night, not thinking about all the regrets, not moaning, but I can think about how I made a difference in my church, how I made a difference in someone's life. It's a pathway. In fact, I'll just close with this statement. That is that joy is more than a feeling. It's a way of living. Would you bow your head with me? I'll ask this question again this week, and that is, where does this song need to be sung in your life? Uh, Meaning, I wonder how many of us have something that we need our conscience cleared before God. We need our conscience cleared before God. And you have a choice. You can walk out of here with all of that weight again, or you can walk out of here uh, giving it to God. Some of you, the cure for your life, you think it's others. You think it's something on the outside, someone else that needs to change. No, the cure for your life is a clean conscience. Give it to God. God loves you so much that he he placed the entirety of humanity's sin on the person that he loved the most, Jesus Christ. And Jesus spent grueling hours paying for something he never did. To purchase your freedom and to buy you back. And he paid for your sin. Friend, you don't have to pay for it anymore. Say, Jesus, I make a decision to turn to you today. I give up my control and I give up my sin. Help me to walk in this pathway of freedom. Thank you for creating me. I believe you are my creator. And God, you are my sustainer. And God, I believe you can create in me again. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for changing me. It's in Jesus' name uh, that I pray to you. It's in Jesus' name that I want to trust you. And as much as I know how, I trust you today. It's in his name I pray. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. We would love for you to get connected to what's going on at Rockbrook. Visit us online at rockbrook.org for service times, small group information, and other ways you can discover your purpose here on earth.